the ancient Romans called him Orca or Kynos, Latin for bringer of death. He is without challenge the most powerful animal on the globe, the killer whale. Orca has 48 teeth, set in two impressive rows. In some respects, the orca's intelligence may be even superior to man's. They remain loyal to one mate for life. As parents, they are exemplary, better than many human beings. And like human beings, they have a profound instinct for vengeance. Okay. An innocent creature <laughs> okay. is destroyed by an act of human cruelty. Okay. Let me say something about um, this movie, Orca. And for those of you who are not aware, this is the Little Saigon Report. Not quite live. Like an old Seattle show that no longer exists. And oh, by the way, George Nye started on that one almost live, but not quite live. I am not quite live, but it is Sunday. It is November the 17th. Let's double check, because you gotta check that fucking calendar. Yep. One day blends into the next, folks. It is Sunday, November the 17th, 2019. And it's almost 6 p.m. It's about three minutes away. Yeah, I saw this movie. I was seven years old. <clears throat> this is hilarious. I saw this movie. I think my sister Dorothy... Could have, it probably was Dorothy. I think Dorothy took me to the drive-in. Chances are, because of where I was positioned in the vehicle, probably she was with her girlfriends doing whatever. But the point is, I got to go to the drive-in and watch movies. So maybe there was no hanky-panky, but my sister Dorothy was older. She was a teenager. Who the fuck knows what teenagers do, really? I think it was Dorothy. Could have been one of her older friends. I have no idea. But yeah, we went to the fucking drive-in um, in Mount Vernon, Washington. And it was a double feature. I think it was King Kong. You know, the 1977 King Kong. The one with Jeff Bridges. The one with Jeff Bridges and Jessica Lange, the 1977 King Kong. An amazing film, right? Amazing filmography, amazing themes and topics. It's full. I'm full of shit. Anyways, also <laughs> the movie Orca. Now let me say something about the movie Orca before we go too far. I see it principally as Hollywood dreck. I mean, in hindsight, if you would ask me how many times, okay, Dan, you're a lonely old fuck. And you get bored easily, even when you're drinking and high, maybe especially. How many times have you sought out either the free version or the pay-for version of the movie Orca? And the truth is, I think maybe almost never. Like, every once in a while, this movie will be on TV. And, and again, when I say on TV, I haven't been connected to that thing for the most part for many, many years. But when I used to have, you know, TV, TV channels, and, you know, every once in a while, a TV channel, like the American Movie Channel, whatever, every once in a while, they'll play a movie like this, Orca, the 1977 film Orca. 
And yeah, it, you know, it was kind of a terrible film, and I've never really wanted to watch it again. At the time, I thought it was kind of a cruel film because it described these creatures in ways that did not make sense. And I had this intuition about it. Like, I did not... I didn't buy the basic storyline. You know at the point where the guy says, and like humans, orcas have a thirst for revenge. I don't think that's true. And I'll tell you why I think that's bullshit. We have been kidnapping their babies, putting them in what I can only call our insulting orca concentration camps, a.k.a. SeaWorld, we have been treating them like shit, and what's as bad? We have been treating where they live like a toilet for decades. And unless they're covering it up, I don't know of any stories of orcas attacking kayakers. Because I would expect that story to show up, folks. I would expect some, you know, maybe some bulldog journalist, if those still exist, some young punk at the Seattle Times gets a gets a hint on a story, something big. Hey, Bob. Yeah? What's up, Charlie? Bob, you won't believe what happened last night at the precinct. Come on, man. Come on, Charlie. Fess up. Listen, man. You would not fucking believe the dealio. I know since your recent transformation from Barbara that your job as a journalist has gotten quite complicated. But, Bob, you won't fucking believe what happened at the precinct last night. So Charlie sat back in his seat, scratching his plastic balls. Come on, Bob. What, what are you talking about? And, and this is the thing, guy. I'm going to stop this stupid story right here because I'm not really into the character Charlie or Bob. But the bottom line is this. If the orca whale was this incredibly vicious creature that sought revenge, I think we would have had a lot more deaths by now. Plus, they're getting hungry. And if they can eat seal, which will basically eat all the toxic fish in the sea... And if they eat the seal, well, then they're probably not too picky. I mean, they're eating whatever they can, so why aren't they eating people? I know this is horrible. You're probably saying, Dan, you're a Christian. You're a good person. Are you wishing death on Seattle kayakers? Am I hoping that the kayakers of Seattle meet the justice of the orca, as described in the great film Orca 1977? Can I imagine a day, we'll call it Orca Sunrise, a day when the orcas form themselves into thug armies? A day when the orcas realize that the only thing they have left to lose is their lives and they're riddled with tumors. Why haven't the orcas 
started attacking people. I don't want people harmed, but it is a mystery. You know, to me, if there was this instinct of powerful revenge on the part of the Orca, I gotta be honest with you folks, there'd be a lot more dead people. And this leads me to believe that as intelligent, as smart in that calculational sense, as brilliant as orcas are, they're probably not aware. They probably don't have self-awareness, not the way we do. I don't know. Honestly, truly, I don't. I mean, it's horrible to say that, but... Or maybe it is they don't have a soul, and you need to have a soul to want to seek revenge. Or you know what? You know what the real truth might be, folks? Human beings, as I've stated in previous podcasts, on the path of... On the path to something that isn't terrible... We humans have to start being honest with ourselves. And we need to stop projecting our bullshit onto, fucking other, onto other fucking creatures. Because when you think about this film, Orca, this is not really about Orca whales. The science described in this film, I think probably just about any Orca scientist would tear most of it apart. Not all, not all. But like great lies, you include a few truths. So yeah, the movie Orca has all kinds of bad science. But the bad science and the bad plot of the movie are all projection. You know, and we all do this sometimes, so let's talk about projection. Projection is where you take your own bullshit and you assign it to some external thing or usually person. So if you think you're an asshole, you start calling everybody assholes. That is a simple example of projection. And actually, I will be honest with you, I, I once cracked up in the head and I did a little bit of that myself. So it sucks and it's bullshit. I'll call bullshit on myself. The movie Orca is 100% projection. It's 100% human beings looking at themselves in the mirror and trying to pretend that we're these docile, pastoral, like vegetable eaters. Folks, you need to wake the fuck up. This world will be destroyed if we don't start being honest with ourselves. We really, we will destroy it. We'll destroy it because that's what crazy people do. You want to know what the zombie apocalypse is? It's not very complicated. It is the bottled up unconscious of humanity because none of us wants to be honest about certain basic facts. Fact one, human beings are predators. Okay, we are. We don't want to admit it. We say, well, no, we're omnivores. We can eat that. Yeah, we can eat vegetables because you know what? Vegetables are tasty as fuck. And add some vegetables to your meat. And guess what? You got a healthy meal. Assuming the meat wasn't like grown in some factory farm, fed other dead cattle. The first step is we gotta be honest about who we are. And I, I, that's my one of my biggest issues with my fellow human being these days, is, is that most of the people I know wanna live in this fucking fantasy land. And while they're doing it, they're taking their bullshit and they are literally, figuratively, in every fucking dimension, projecting it onto other fucking countries. All of the shit, the turmoil, the bullshit, the killing, the murder, and yes, the murder, that we would be committing, probably, we're just throwing it overseas. It's, a, it's an externality. We're, you know, and yeah, and guess what? We're still killing here. That data out of Baltimore and Chicago, not great data. So we're still murdering plenty here, but boy, do we project our bullshit onto other countries. 
We accuse other countries of messing with elections. Holy fuck. We have been doing that at least my whole lifetime, arguably starting with the creation of the CIA. We have been fucking with other countries' political systems my whole fucking life. We accuse other countries of war crimes. Folks, I studied this in school. I can tell you definitively, as a matter of historical record, the United States committed war crimes in World War II. We did. Any reasonable person would look at the bombing of Dresden and classify that as a war crime. Any reasonable person would look at the deliberate decision of General LeMay to mix, basically mix incendiaries with explosives for certain types of bombing raids that were guaranteed not to be precise, but to simply set cities on fire in Japan. It is true that Nagasaki and Hiroshima were terrible, and they were, but in terms of raw numbers, LeMay with his firebombing raids had already killed many, many more. Americans would like to believe that the Nazis invented the concentration camp, nope. And you know what, I won't even claim we did, but we used them before the Nazis. We rediscovered them before even the British <clears throat> during the Boer War, we did. We, we rounded up the Native Americans and we, we call them reservations. Think about that fucking word. It sounds like you're checking into a hotel. You're going to a reservation at a restaurant. You'll have a fine fucking meal. Uh, yeah, you got a taxi service for you, chief. It's the Trail of Tears taxi service. The United States might not have invented the concentration camp, but we used it before the Nazis. Okay? We, we may not have invented any of these monstrous things. Like, even eugenics was probably practiced in a really crude way. I mean, I think there's evidence to show the Spartans did it. So even eugenics was probably bullshit practiced in the ancient world. So it's not so much that we did it first either, but it's the fact that we judge these other countries. We do it. Everybody does it. These are monstrous, terrible things. Mao Zedong, okay, essentially using labor camps like the Nazis. Mao Zedong killed 60 million of his own people during, in less than a decade actually, in less than a decade, about 60 million Chinese were killed, building dams and cutting down forests probably. Who the fuck knows what you do with 60 million fucking people? But, you, but yeah, Mao Zedong figured out how to kill 60 million pretty fucking quick. The Nazis were terrible. But they were not the only terrible people. The Germans have done terrible things. Guess what? So have the Americans. This orca bullshit? You know, holy fuck. The orca whale was the most monstrous creature. You know what, folks? There is a place called Eniwetok Atoll. After... Hiroshima and Nagasaki, um, the United States, and you know, maybe it's because of our understandable paranoia, the United States decided they needed something, they needed something a little bit bigger, something a little bit bigger than Fat Man, which was basically the plutonium device, and Little Boy, the enriched uranium 
cannon device, and I'm referencing the bombs that were dropped, not necessarily in that order, on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Hiroshima got it first with Little Boy. That was the uranium device. Nagasaki got it second with the implosion plutonium device. Neither yielded much more than, you know, 20 kilotons. Which means that even though they were big by World War II standards, they weren't big by today's standards. And, and this is what happened. After World War II, they immediately started testing these things at Bermuda. Excuse me. Yeah, no, um, the Bermuda Atoll? Excuse me, I had a brain fart. The Bikini Atoll. That would be the summer of 1946. That would be Operation Crossroads. The first series of post-World War II atomic tests done at Bikini Atoll. By the time we were done, that entire area was very, you know, very much toxified. Like, we basically had obliterated that environment. If there were creatures, including orca whales, living anywhere nearby, they were dead, dying, or mutating. But we didn't stop there. These bombs were not powerful enough. So we found another test area, Eniwetake Atoll, and we, we, you know, one of the Manhattan Project scientists, our good friend Edward Teller, we've talked about good old Eddie, haven't we? And his, and his, <laughs> and his project, the, his project Plowshares, you know, Operation Plowshares, let's use hydrogen bombs to create canals in Africa. Good old Eddie. Eddie probably didn't invent the hydrogen bomb by himself, but Eddie did lead the project, and he did come up with a lot of the great ideas. Edward Teller um, was probably one of the first to propose something called tritium boosting. And tritium boosting is where you add tritium, which I believe is an isotope of hydrogen, but I could be wrong. It's either helium or hydrogen. But you add tritium to the plutonium device within the casing. The plutonium device, the implosion device, superheats the tritium, and then the tritium boosts. And it's called tritium boosting. It boosts the explosion. Technically, it is an example of a kind of um, primitive hydrogen bomb. They just didn't quite understand the physics yet. But yeah, it was a, almost a primitive hydrogen bomb in a way, but it, it really wasn't. It was simply being boosted by the tritium. Um, and so a 20 kiloton device with tritium boosting could yield up to 100 kilotons, maybe 200. So this was significant, folks. This was a big, big, big deal. And then came the hydrogen bomb. And the first test, I believe, the first or second test, they estimated 1 to 2 megatons, which is huge, folks, huge. 1 to 2 megatons is huge. By the standards of the day, that was a, you know, I hate, I hate people who use this phrase, quantum leap, fucking quantum leap. By the standards of the day, the one or two megatons, that's one or two million tons of TNT, that's high explosive. If you can imagine a million tons of anything and then setting it off at once, it's almost impossible to imagine. It would be like imagining a mountain exploding. 
a mountain of dynamite exploding. That's kind of what one or two megatons um, basically was. Well, they fucked up the math. You may not realize this, but us clever monkeys, we fuck up the math all the time. The people of the Marshall Islands were, were basically told that they were at a safe distance. They were not. The actual yield of this particular device, of this particular test, was closer to six to eight megatons. Now, you might be thinking, Dan, that doesn't sound so bad. Well, yeah. Problem is, it was bad enough. It was bad enough that it probably exposed a lot of U.S. service people to neutron radiation. Um, a hydrogen bomb works off the basis of fusion. Um, there's fission, where you split the nucleus of the atom, releasing nuclear energy. And then there's fusion, where you combine fundamental particles, creating a new, a new kind of um, atom, basically. Um, and, and oh, by the way, that's essentially how we progressively get new elements. In the natural science explanation of the periodic table, um, the suns and supernova and other extraordinarily high temperature events in the universe basically created the periodic table. All the elements come from that. So starting with hydrogen, you build from there. Anywho, um, if you believe the story, it's the narrative. It's the one they teach you in science cl class, and it's probably true, right? Probably true. A lot of people in the Marshall Islands were exposed to fallout and poison. A great deal of that habitat was vaporized, way more than they expected. But even the amount that they were willing to allow was terrible. And I'm going to give you the long and the short of it. After all the nuclear tests at Iniwetok, they took all the toxic gunkus, all the radioactive material, all the glimbus, and all the isotopes, and they dug a hole on an island that I think might have been five feet above sea level. Even for you people out there who think that climate change is all bullshit, have you ever heard of a typhoon? They've been a thing for a while. You ever wonder why these islands are so windswept looking? And about the only thing that grows there are these fucking coconut trees? Anywho, anybody with common sense would have known that digging a hole on an island that's barely above sea level and filling it with gunkus and then putting a big concrete cap on it was probably at best a short-term fucking solution. Maybe... Maybe it gets you a few years down the road. <sighs> the people of the Marshall Islands have come back. And this is actually news, folks. Not the news you'll get from CNN. Not the news you'll get from NPR. And also not the news you will get from Fox News. The people of the Marshall Islands are asking for our help. We basically obliterated that ecosystem. We created massive amounts of highly toxic radioactive waste as a result of testing hydrogen bombs. And then we buried it all on a, in an island that's barely above sea level. I don't know how anybody can be that fucking stupid, but truly, you know what? We fucking clever monkeys, we are intelligent to a 
fault. I don't know how the world ends. I'm not even sure if it does, but I'll tell you this much. If the world were to end, like if literally human beings exploded the earth, excuse me, if the earth were to explode, I just gave it away. If the world ended in some apocalyptic way that didn't involve nature, yeah, we humans, I wouldn't be surprised, folks. I wouldn't be surprised if, if it was just simply a result of we thinking we can control everything. We are lying to ourselves. It's like that stupid Venus Project bullshit. You know, fucking Jacques Fresco, Jacques up the butt. Um, we can plan the entire world economy like it's ERP, like it's SAP software. It's just a logistics problem, Dan. The calculation problem, what's that? Oh, fuck, yeah, the future state of information. We are deluding the fuck out of ourselves and we are projecting our bullshit onto creatures like orca whales. We're telling ourselves, holy fuck, you know, look at the orca. It takes revenge. When is it going to do it? Tell me when. We've been stealing their babies forever. You know what? I was a dick before. They are conscious. They are aware. They're probably smarter than us. But like the fucking Neanderthal, and we've talked about the Neanderthal before, maybe orca whales are not, like, genetically assholes. Like, maybe human beings are, by our very nature, just fucking assholes. I, we don't have to be. I mean, I believe in God. We don't have to be. That is the wonderful thing about free will, folks. We can be assholes, or we can choose to not be scumbags, and that choice is in our power. Or we can be monsters and kidnappers and torturers and rapists and child abusers. We can be decent creatures that actually give a shit about each other or we can be monsters. This is a simple fact of human history. The sooner we wake up to this shit, the better for everybody. Because, oh, by the fucking way, if you're a voter and you believe in the system, you have managed to elect yourself a government that is populated by monsters. This is me clapping. Congratulations. You're voting. If voting works, if voting actually works, you have managed to create a cadre, a cabal, of monsters to rule over you. Good fucking job. But the truth is, folks, before I go on to the next fucking topic, is that the orca whale is probably decent by its nature. It probably does feel love in a way we could never understand. The Neanderthals? They didn't magically get sucked out of the universe some way through a spaceship, folks. I'm going to tell you the truth there. The Neanderthals were probably raped and murdered out of existence. So if you say, well, I've got Neanderthal DNA, I would say as an Irishman, I've got Viking DNA. 
And it probably wasn't a choice, folks. I, I don't know what to tell you guys. I think orca whales are probably decent creatures filled with love and they are unwilling to seek revenge on us. On the other hand, when I see them sizing up sea lions, they're just as calculating in, in the kill as we are. They are just as sophisticated giving what they have, their tools. When I see orcas working together to kill sea lions, it frankly makes me realize on a basic level that yeah, if they wanted to, they could probably, they could make us pay. Sure, we'd kill them all. We would. We are, we're already doing it. So we would kill the ones that are left. We would do that. But do I think that they have some basic natural light, right? Um, natural right? I'll drink some water here. Do I think orca whales have the same right for some sort of justice? as human beings? Well, the thing is, I'm an anarchist. So you're basically asking an anarchist if he has the right to judge orcas. And the answer is no. I do a bad job as a Christian. I judge people too often, but I don't really have a right to judge. And if you strip away the Christianity, whether you want to or not, I still don't have a right to judge. None of us do. Next topic. So I told you about going to see Dr. Grunkus. You know, he has several new devices now. One of his devices is basically like a 19th century dental drill with a metal bushing at the end. You know the metal bushings you use to polish metal? You put them onto some sort of a spindle and they spin at a really high RPM. You don't want to know too much about what Dr. Grunkus does with that bullshit. Dr. Grunkus has also purchased an arc welder. Now you would say, Dan, 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 Dan. What the fuck does a primary care physician need with an arc welder. Well, if you're not aware, if you're a new listener, Dr. Grunk is, isn't like your ordinary primary care physician, you fuck. Dr. Grunkus works out of an alley not far from 12th and Jackson every Thursday night at midnight, you asshole. Dr. Grunkus does not take appointments. Dr. Grunkus does not want a paper trail.
if you ask questions like, who is Dr. Grunkus? It's almost like asking the question, who or what is the great darkness that transcends all darkness? Who is the great force of the great question mark? If a human being were turned into a pair of dice, dice that you would throw at a craps table, that would be Dr. Grunkus. He is the giant question mark. He is the great, great question mark, Dr. Grunkus. So what does he want with an arc welder? My question is, what wouldn't he want with it? If you have any understanding of the science of the future, and I don't mean the science of the past. I'm not talking about your drugs and your special doctors in Ballard and the fact that when you get a colonoscopy, it doesn't involve a plumber's helper. Yeah, don't tell me about your fancy surgeries where you get that futuristic shit that Michael Jackson used. Don't tell me about the magical fucking robot that carved you open and took you from being a man to being a woman and back again. I don't want to hear any of it. Leave that shit to yourself, buddy. Because Dr. Grunkus does not hold truck. And holding truck is a terminology from the shady past. Kind of like saying, going down the tubes, you know, they used to toss people down the tubes. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Grunkus does not hold truck with that kind of fucking fancy schmancy medical treatment bullshit. He's kind of a, of a special order, fucking Dr. Grunkus. He told me something the other night that was quite, quite frightening. He told me this at around 1 a.m. on Friday morning. Guess what? 1 a.m. Friday morning comes after midnight pretty fucking fast. At 1 a.m. on Friday morning of last week, Dr. Grunkus stared at me in the near darkness. He stared at me as the planes overhead dumped all of their nano-scale aluminum on us. Dr. Grunkus looked into my eyes and he said, Dan, I got really bad news. I had your test done by the gypsy. The gypsy says that the bleeding in your klimtic realm is probably from Vromuli. The gypsy said that you probably have tumors inside your scumptus zone. The gypsy said that it's obvious that your diet is filled with parasites and that you will probably melt away within 72 hours. But the gypsy said something worse, worse than all that, worse than the butt parasites, worse than the splitting pain behind my skull head, worse than my, my mad nightmares, my hot, sweaty nightmares that wake me up with tremors in the middle of night. That's uh, not DT, is it? <laughs> Delirium tremens. I haven't gotten to that stage yet. When I start drinking a fifth of whiskey a day, I promise you folks, 
I will take the cure. I'm not even close to that yet. Hell, the beer I drink is mostly Rainier, and it's mostly water and fluoride. So no, I'm, I'm, yeah. And that means I don't have to brush my teeth. All that fluoride I get from the Rainier beer. And the alcohol in it, what's, what's in it, will kill the bacteria living in my gums. But let's stay on topic, why don't we? All the terrible things the gypsy told Dr. Grunkus, and if you're not aware, a doctor like Dr. Grunkus, he can't go to LabCorp or some fancy fucking laboratory. He uses Chinese gypsies. And if you don't know what a Chinese gypsy is, then you don't know what a German Mexican is. And that is a sexual position in Little Saigon. The German Mexican. Dr. Grunkus went to medical school in a country. In a country that was in a, that was basically a large island like australia but not really like australia this island existed in a lake and the lake was in the mouth of a super volcano dr grunkus is licensed from his license his medical license his education everything comes from this country that was swallowed by a volcano and a great calamity if you are to believe dr grunkus Approximately 35 years ago, the entire nation was swallowed by a giant caldera near Micronesia, and there is no evidence that that nation ever existed, nor will the government admit to it. So this is why Dr. Grunkus has to use Gypsy. So before you mock him and then mock me because my medical care costs five bucks a visit and every surgery is 20 bucks, you tell me, other than maybe the Surgical Center of Oklahoma, that's a joke. They're, they're probably pretty legit. I'm joking, you guys. You guys are cool. But no, you tell me anywhere you can go to get surgery for 20 bucks. 20 bucks. And no, you don't sign any fucking waiver. Why would you? Dr. Grunkus has nothing to lose. He lives amongst the grumbly folk. He lives in the caverns and the holes. He lives in the cracks that you left open. He lives in all of your hypocrisy. He lives in your nightmares that you created yourselves. Dr. Grunkus told me something as he looked in my eyes. He said, Dan, and may I call you Dan? first time he ever called me Dan, usually he calls me son of a bitch. He said, Dan, the gypsy said one last thing. The gypsy said that your cancer, the cancer you have, the tumors that cover your body with sores and gumbus, your cancer is dying of cancer. Your cancer has tumors. She, she said that basically 
When this happens in history, it means that the great resupplicants, the great unleveling, the time when China will flip, the time when the mere human weight of China all along the coastline will cause that entire continental shelf to flip over like the fucking paddles in, in a fucking game of fucking pinball. The time of resupplicants is near, but Dan, your cancer has cancer. Before I left his office, which is really just a couple boxes, wooden boxes, and a fucking alleyway, he gave me a prescription. He said, you better not stop drinking. <laughs> because that might be the only thing keeping the parasites at bay. And for the next three or four weeks... For the next three to four weeks, we're going to have to use the arc welder on you. We're going to have to use the arc welder to seal up all your holes. Sure, you'll probably say, what about pooping? And Dr. Grunkus said, no, Dan. You'll have tubes. Tubes for pooping, tubes for pee. You'll live in a cube, you'll be fed TV, your life will be reduced to the substrate of nothingness, and you'll be happy about it. You'll be happy about it, because you're a good little slave, Dan. For all of your anarchist bullshit, you will, in approximately four to five months, take another fucking job writing code. Or, the world as you know it will have flipped over, and it's the resupplicants, and fuck you. Next fucking topic. Oh, Dr. Grunkus, you know, a lot of you folks would probably say, Dan, if you're sick, shouldn't you seek proper treatment? And the actual truth is, I don't know if I'm sick. I don't feel bad. And when I do feel bad, the cause is usually because of my diet. Like, I actually have no confusion about feeling bad. I eat crappy food. I feel crappy. I don't exercise enough. I feel crappy. If I don't at least take a shower every two weeks, I kind of feel crappy. And the fact is, the air, the sunlight, the supposed outdoors here in Seattle, I don't know what all the causes are because I frankly don't have that information. But the air is crappy here. It's crappy outside. It's crappy inside. It is what it is. We should be happy. Next topic. In 1992, um, I finished up my last year at the University of Washington, and I had an elective, so I took Accounting 210. And Accounting 210 was more or less um, one of these classes you'd take if you thought you'd want to be an accountant. It was... Um, an entry-level class, but it was also considered a weed-out class. Which means that if the, you know, business school was going to accept you to be, you know, to pursue a degree in accounting, you had to do well in this fucking class because you wouldn't get into the other classes. That's how it used to work. I don't honestly know if it works like that any longer. So many things have changed and improved. 
But yeah, I took accounting t 210 and I did okay. I think I got a B. I'm not proud of it, but I took an overloaded quarter that quarter. So I think I was taking 18 credits and usually people do that in two quarters. So anywho, not, not tooting my horn. It was just a question of money and time. It just made sense to try to finish quickly. I don't, I don't know what I was running towards though. But I did. I knew, didn't know I needed to finish. I did. I, I didn't know what I needed to head towards. But I did know I needed to finish. So in 1992, I'm taking accounting 210, and we're talking about generally accepted accounting principles. And the basic message of our professor was that people, 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 accountants have these rule books that define what they can or cannot do. And this means that if you have an accountant that's very true in their heart, the results are always going to be good. Um, I was 22 years old, so I kind of believed some of it. I'll admit to it. I've admitted to the shit I believed back in my 20s before. I I'll admit, um... I was naive enough to believe that accountants, actual professional accountants who follow generally accepted accounting principles, gap principles, gap accounting, yeah, I believed that bullshit. I really did. And many years later, a couple of financial crises later, an Enron, a Bear Stearns, a AIG later, and now Deutsche Bank and probably a whole bunch of other, uh, probably a bunch of banks and companies are holding on to really bad corporate debt right now. Now, what does that mean? Well, debt is a problem if you can't roll it over. I'm just drinking some water here. Debt is a problem if you can't roll it over. It is, but if you can, and if you can get a better interest rate on the rollover, then in a lot of cases, it makes sense to just roll over the debt. You know, if you don't have the money to pay it off now, you will later because the economy's growing. You know, the economy is growing, right? There's people working, the lowest unemployment rate in history. If you believe that story, if you think that's true, that's the story, right? That we have this booming economy, that Obama saved us, that Ben Bernanke saved us, Timothy, little Timothy Geithner, little Timmy. I don't know if he ever went to Epstein's Island, I wouldn't be surprised, but little Timmy saved us. And then Janet Yellen came along. And she helped out some more. Wasn't it wonderful, all the fucking help we got from all these nice fucking people? Rolling over debt works. Um, as long as you can get really cheap money. As, as long as there's some way to do it. And in some cases, there might even be an arbitrage. And arbitrage, as I understand it, is a trade that takes advantage of disadvantage. Or rather, a trade that converts a bad situation 
into something not so bad. But truly, I am not an expert in any of that bullshit. And I probably just got it wrong. Rolling over debt is, is a possible thing. When interest rates go up, it becomes very difficult and then it becomes impossible. So folks, I have no idea what's going on with the economy right now. I hate to break it to you. They're not gonna tell you either. They're not gonna tell you. Okay, I don't know for certain. I promise you, even if they think they know, they're not gonna tell you. What they're gonna tell you from here on out, given the situation, is everything is fine. I want you to process this because a lot of people aren't quite getting it. There was never an economic recovery, okay? There never was. It is true that the world's central banks printed a lot of money in the last decade. It is true that governments went into more debt and corporations, oh my God, they loaded up on debt. You know the shale patch, the shale oil miracle? It produced mostly debt. You want to believe it produced oil, and that's a nice fantasy land belief, but in terms of basic bookkeeping, okay, basic bookkeeping theory, you know, assets, what, assets equals owner's equity plus, you know, liability, which, you know, minus liability or whatever, um, or actually, no, owner's equity equals assets minus liabilities. Holy fuck. So what is the owner's equity of the shale patch? Remember, assets minus liabilities. I would tell you it's probably net negative. The whole If you took the whole shale patch and you thought about it rationally, forget complicated accounting rules. Think rationally, inputs and outputs. How much money goes in? How much real economic money comes out? The shale patch is a giant fucking economic disaster. It might be a necessary disaster, you know, per the story that James Howard Kunstler has described with Pete Goyle and others with Pete Goyle, it might be this is the crazy shit you do during Pete Goyle. It might be. It might be that fucking simple. You do crazy ass shit. Who the fuck knows? The reason for this topic, though, is quite simple. The impression that my professor gave me in 1992 was that most accountants were decent and honest people. And I have come to realize, having worked with a few, that that is total fucking bullshit. In fact, it's probably the opposite. You wanna know what I think an accountant is now? What, what does Dan think the true definition of an accountant is? What is the true definition of an accountant? Mathematical lawyer. Did you hear what I said? What is an accountant? An accountant is a mathematical lawyer. That's what an accountant is, folks. It's not some noble profession of keeping the books correct. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe some people believe it, and there might even be one or two who try to do it. I, I, I have to believe that amongst all of these fallen profession, professions, and they really are kind of fallen, doctors, lawyers, accountants, these are all quite fallen. 
These are not the professions they once were, and, and what they produce is really quite terrible. But amongst all the fallen professionals and professions and people who studied shit to be recognized as being accountable, oh wow, that's a funny word. Accountable. Please explain to me how much of the disaster of 2008, how much of that disaster um, was made accountable? How much of that disaster was actually directed towards those responsible? That's what I'd like to know, and I think the answer is almost none. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some people were arrested. But the people at the top, the people that made it happen, the people that get paid, they always tell us, the reason why I get paid so much as a CEO is because I run the ship. If you run the ship, then fuck. If you run the fucking ship, if you get paid six million bucks a year or whatever to run Goldman Sachs or Bank of America, or you fucking name it, fucking bank, if your justification for making millions is that you're this wise fucking captain, then guess what? You take responsibility for your fucking ship, or you are a piece of shit. You are a scumbag. You are an irresponsible monster. You are not a decent human being. And while I'll admit you are acting like an apex predator, what you're forgetting is that other humans are not supposed to be your prey. But the sad truth is we humans have a history of treating each other like prey. Not a good history, not a, not a happy story. It isn't really. Accountants are mathematical lawyers, folks. That's what they are. That, maybe that's what they've always been. I don't know. I truly don't know if accounting fraud is something special to the modern world because of technology or if it's really always been a thing. I am convinced it's probably always been a thing to keep two sets of books. Like, that's probably always been a fucking thing. But the complex accounting fraud that we get away with, a lot of this leverages technology, and it leverages complexity, which technology enables. Technology enables levels of complexity that would boggle the minds of a Byzantine bureaucrat or a, or a, or a Turkish Splendid. The, the level of complexity would boggle the mind of the Ottoman bureaucrats. They would say, holy shit, you guys have made things too fucking complicated. And that's an Ottoman, Ottoman Empire. Ottoman, Ottoman, um, Ottoman Empire. Ottoman Empire. Sorry, I just swallowed a frog. Some more water. That would be an Ottoman Empire bureaucrat. The empire that invented bureaucratic complexity. And they would just, they would marvel. If you showed them our federal regs, they would marvel at our fucking bullshit. Anywho, it's almost an hour. And I'm trying to keep these things to about an hour. I think I really did go off on that first topic for a while, but it's kind of an important topic, you know? I don't know. It's one of those topics where 
I just don't know. I, you know, I'm going to talk about one last topic. i got to rearrange things here, though. Rearrange. Rearrange. And Zamo and Starwipe, and we're going. We're going, folks. We're going. One more thing is all I need. And Zimbop and Guambus and Klimbic 12. And we're ready. We're almost uh, we're almost ready. And that wasn't beer, folks. That was just water and coffee and a stomach that is currently its lining is 100% parasites. It is arguable that if it weren't for the parasites that now inhabit my stomach lining, I would be dead. These parasites help me digest my food. They've developed a rudimentary nutrient transport mechanism. If it weren't for these parasites, I would not be alive. talk about voting before we go um, because I kind of started out saying if you vote today if you believe in it you've managed to create for yourself a government of monsters I'm not going to say soci sociopath um, as much anymore or narcissist I think those are fucking legal terms too I'm just going to say monsters you have, you have decided to put over yourself monsters who will rule over you and you, you are constantly confused as to your plight. Not all of you. If you listen to me, I'm probably not talking to you. This is the irony of my existence. I'm not talking to you. If you listen to my podcast, there's a very good fucking chance, especially if you've gotten this far in, that you're an independent thinker, that you're willing to ask questions. It doesn't matter. I don't think I'm brilliant or anything. It's, that's not the fucking point. I'm some crazy-ass freak in Little Saigon. The fact that you're willing to listen to some crazy-ass freak in Little Saigon implies to me logically that at least you're willing to listen to other people. So that's positive. That's good. So here's my little shitty thought experiment, okay? And, be, and feel free to critique it in your head. Imagine it's 2020 and it's election day. It's Election Day 2020. It's Tulsi Gabbard versus Donald J. Trump. Maybe Pence. I think there's a 50-50 chance it's Pence versus Tulsi. And I don't want to hear this, but Dan, Trump didn't do anything wrong. But stupid? It doesn't fucking matter. Stupid. It's like saying JFK didn't do anything wrong. No, he didn't but he still ended up with his brain splattered all over his wife. So sorry for putting it in those brutal terms, but if your basic contention is that there's some system of justice at work in America today, wow, 
Wow, I would love to live inside your head. Whatever weed you have is probably the most primo weed that's ever been created. You believe there's a system of justice in America today. Your weed, ergo, your pot, your weed is awesome. Yeah. But imagine it's election day. You can hear the people rustling, rustling out of bed. The hopeful voters dreaming of their victory over their enemies. They're getting up out of bed to make their way to the fucking voting site at the public school. <laughs> the rustle of chickens. The rustle of the creatures in nature. As Marlon Perkins would say, the rustle of these creatures making their way to vote. I don't really know for certain who's going to be who. It's it, To me, it's all the narrative now. Right now, I have a feeling that Tulsi Gabbard is like the princess and Trump is the dragon. And the whole thing is being set up like a Disney movie. And yeah, guess what? Hillary Clinton is playing herself the evil fucking witch. So here you have Tulsi Gabbard who fights the evil witch, defeats her, fights the dragon, defeats the fucking evil orange dragon, and then she starts a war. And you're saying, Dan, isn't she against the wars? She would resign her fucking commission if she was. No, no, no. She just has her favorite wars. She'll bring them up soon enough. She'll bring up a people that needs to be helped somewhere near, you know, a methane deposit. She'll talk about the terrible plight of indigenous peoples not far from a really good undersea oil find. Oh yeah, that lithium? Holy fuck. We'd love to help you out. Oh, those rare earths. Coltan, Coltan. There's some type of a woman's crisis in Africa. Get that Coltan. I guarantee you that if Tulsi is elected president, she will have the same kinds of wars that Obama had. And they will be not never talked about. We, we don't talk about Libya. We barely talk honestly about Syria. We barely talk honestly about Hillary Clinton's and Obama's role in both of those travesties. We, we don't even have that fucking conversation. Why? Because we're worried about the orcas. <laughs> The orcas seek revenge. You know why? Because we project our bullshit every day of the week. It's the Russians. It's the Chinese. It's the orcas. And you know what? Look in the fucking mirror. And it's not just the ruling class. Yes, they're evil. They're terrible pieces of shit. But you as a voter, you allow them to exist, buddy. So imagine it's voting day. Voting day in 2020, and you're going to cast your vote. But imagine you run into a guy in clown face, a juggalo king. Imagine you run into Dr. Freckles, and Dr. Freckles says to you, Buddy, I've got a deal for you. And it could be a woman. He could say, Girly girl. I've got a fucking deal for you, girly girl. The World Wrestling Federation 
is holding the super mega Gondo Lords versus Gronkus Kings Mondo Battle of the Blimptus Wrestlers Every clan shall attend, it will be epic It's being held at the arena downtown, you fuck Did you know the tickets to get in? I mean the really good tickets? The tickets that let you take a picture with that World Wrestling Federation wrestler's junk? Those tickets are 200 bucks a pop, baby. Girly girl. And if you tell me you're a lesbian? Yeah, they got those wrestling too, baby, babe, baby cakes. So here's Dr. Freckles at your, you know, voting site, your voting location. You didn't decide to do early voting. You wanted to go out and do it in public. Good for you, you fuck. So here you are, Dr. Freckles. And Dr. Freckles, listen, buddy, here's the deal. Girly girl, girly cakes, baby cakes. I don't care if you're a lesbo or not. I don't care if your junk is real or not. I don't care if you're a guy, a girl, a homo, straight. I don't care if you're one of the Blombiac kings from the outer realm. Here's the fucking deal. If you take this ticket and go to the arena, this wonderful ticket that will allow you to even go into the dressing room and take a picture with the World Wrestling Federation players junk, that's right. You get, you get to do that. That's amazing. Put it on Facebook, you fuck. And in addition to that, here is a check for 200 bucks. $200 here. No, not even a check. Here's cash. Here's two hundies. Here's two hundies and a ticket worth 200 Hell, you could go scalp it and you'd have 300 bucks. Or rather, if you're smart, you'd have 800 Because believe me, people really want to see this super mega competition because it's so fucking real. That, that fucking competition is so intriguing because of its real-life drama. Or, I can give you 20 bucks, and you can just go and vote. 20 bucks, you go vote. 200, you go to the arena. And here's the deal. If you think you can cheat me and go to another voting site, we'll, we'll, we'll figure that shit out, buddy. We'll visit you with Dr. Grunkus in the darkness of the night. We'll give you what's called the de-excliviation. That's where Dr. Grunkus takes his dentistry tool with the bushing. And you don't want to do that, buddy. Girly girl, baby cakes, dude, dudette, human being. Whoever you think you are, you don't really want Dr. Grunkus to stick the metal bushing in your bumpus hole. Twenty bucks to vote. Twenty bucks. That's twenty bucks. You're gonna get twenty bucks from Dr. Freckles, or you can get a cash prize that could be valued up to, depending upon your scalping skills, eight hundred bucks. But let's just say it turns out to be just, you know, two hundred dollar ticket and two hundred dollars cash. Two hundred bucks worth of a ticket and two hundred bucks of cash, and you can go there and you can drink the twenty dollar beers because guess what? 
any beer you buy at the arena is going to be 20 bucks a pint. So yeah, that gets you like 10 beers. That's not bad, buddy. You could even maybe buy a beer for a girl. She might think you're a tech billionaire being all ironic and shit. But probably most of the crowd at the arena today is from Kent or Federal Way. So I don't know. If you're into big hair and um, Pandera, right? <laughs> Pantera, Pantera, whatever. If you're into like, you know, Pantera and big hair, come to there. You know what, folks, here's the deal. If I offered this deal, if I had the money to offer this deal, if magically I could create, you know, millions of Dr. Freckles that could hand out this offer to every single voter in 2020, I'm going to propose something that I believe exhibits the optimism I have about people. This is optimism talking about now. This is me about to say nice things about the human race. Holy fuck. I believe if I offered this deal to most voters in 2020, I think that they would go to the fucking World Wrestling Federation. I, and you know why? Because even though they wouldn't admit this, they know on a basic level that all the fucking bullshit of World Wrestling, all of the fucking plot lines, all of the scripts, all the fucking training and fucking rehearsing, rehearsing, they know it's all bullshit, but they know it's a higher quality bullshit than the American electoral system. That is bad, as corny, as soapy, as ridiculous as the fucking plot lines, the drama of the World Wrestling Federation. The American electoral system is fucking worse. And you don't get 200 bucks. Usually you just get a slap across the face. So that is my little taster of optimism for this Sunday night just after 7 p.m. That is my little piece of optimistic thinking. That if I offered the 20 or 200 bucks and you get to go see the World Wrestling Federation or scalp the tickets... My little dose of optimism is that I think most people would take the fucking ticket and the 200 and go. Because on some level, I think most Americans are beginning to realize that their vote does not count. And it's entirely possible that for their entire adult life, it never did. Like, maybe there was some smoky, smoky past way back, I don't know, 150 years ago, maybe further. Maybe there was a time when your vote counted. I don't believe that was ever true. I think it was always a fucking storyline. It was always a gimmick. It was always bullshit. It was a fucking scam to begin with. And the fucking three-part system, the fucking tripartite system, that was a three, that was a, a fucking three-card Monty to begin with. Fucking legislature, judicial, executive, and they all keep an eye on each other. That's bullshit. They're like three fucking thieves that cut up the fucking money, at, you know, after they're done robbing somebody's house. That's what they are. They don't give a fuck about you. They never did. 
Your vote does not count, people. It does not count. It is as powerful as having an opinion about your favorite wrestler in the World Wrestling Federation. That is how important your vote is. But actually, I think the world wrestling thing is a better use of your fucking time. I think if you had a choice between believing in this bullshit and enabling it, not just believing, worse, enabling it. Because every time you go to that ballot box, you are telling the system you believe. I believe this bullshit works. I believe it'll continue to work. It will simply continue to fuck you. Till the end of time. So you got my optimism. Now here's my pessimism, or rather the thing I'm concerned about. Too many of you motherfuckers do not know what you are. You don't know what you are. You think that you're a gentle creature um, running across the African veldt, you know, eating mushrooms and vegetables that grow on the ground. No, you're not. You are a vicious killer. I'm not saying you have to kill. You shouldn't kill. But the fact is, you have all of the genetics all of the capabilities to be the most dangerous fucking killer in the history of the fucking world. And maybe not you individually, but, you know, we humans, we're kind of like wolf packs, and we love to do things together. We're kind of like orca whales that way. We love to hunt in teams. And the orcas and the wolves, they're brilliant. They're brilliant creatures. They're smart at what they do but they don't compare to our viciousness or our destructive capability. Meditate on that leaking nuclear waste in the Marshall Islands. Meditate on the fact that even if these creatures could build the hydrogen bomb, would they? I don't know. I don't know if the orca whale would ever evolve to the point of being like us and then say, fuck, those dolphins ever since they started thinking too, ever since those fucking dolphins started thinking, they've been all uppity. Maybe we need to nuke them. They've made an alliance with the raccoons. The parrots haven't decided yet. <laughs> I think the parrots would, would be the holdouts. I think the parrots would love to play every side because the parrots, like good old Uncle Dan, are probably anarchists, just like the orangutans. They probably would hang out and not get involved in the great war between the dolphins and the whales. Folks, I don't think a fucking whale would ever do this nasty-ass shit. Even if it got arms and legs and opposable thumbs... Even if it had all the equipment for building shit, which they don't really have. They don't have the physical equipment to really construct technology the way we do. I don't know. You can have whatever whimsical ideas. Maybe they can use their minds to move things. If they were going to do that, they would have already done that already. I've seen the film of creepy humans stealing orca babies. Okay? If they could magically use their minds to move rock... Believe me, if you ever saw the orcas crying because one of theirs is being stolen, believe me, if an orca could move fucking solid object with its mind, that would have happened already. But if orcas had all the fucking skills we do, if they had the fingers and the toes, all of the fucking ability to live out of water like us, if orcas evolved to be bipeds and 
with a capability, a physical capability to create and use tools. They might be more brilliant than us. Holy fuck, their architecture would probably be amazing. And yeah, they would probably stand about 15 feet tall. And holy fuck, they would probably have this kind of quasi-aquatic life. But here's the thing, though. Do I believe they would end up going down the same road? That they would build armies and weapons all the time? That they would, And what's most important, that they would be about killing each other. Do I believe orcas would so abstract being a predator... Boy, this concept of abstracting our relationship with nature comes up again and again, doesn't it? Do I believe orcas would so fucking abstract their relationship with nature that they would turn their fellow orcas into prey? That they would treat their fellow orcas like the enemy? I have no idea. I don't study orcas. Maybe they are just as vicious as, vicious as us. Maybe they're just as vicious and mean as us, but they're smart and they know that if they pick a fight with us, we will blow them up. Maybe. Maybe they are just as vicious. I don't know. But here's my theory. That if they ever did evolve to that point, they wouldn't build a hydrogen bomb. That's my theory. I think, it's, I think we are particularly special. I think that if you want to ask yourself you know, about this whole question of survival of the fittest, you need to be willing to ask some scary fucking questions because one of the questions you have to ask is why do some things live and some things die? It is not just because nature shifts on them in some obvious way. It is the subtle shifts in nature, the shifts in power, the shifts in which creatures are at one level and which ones go down or wrong. Just because you're a predator today does not mean you won't be prey tomorrow. And I guarantee you you are the penultimate predator. But if you're dumb enough to go to the Australian outback and pick a fight with a saltwater crocodile, and, and yeah, guess what? Crocodile Dundee was a fucking movie. You'll die. It doesn't matter that you as an individual have the same um, street cred as these other penultimate predators on Earth called humans. It doesn't matter because you picked a stupid fight Humans have learned over time. Don't attack strength. Attack weakness. We are vicious creatures, folks. We are mean, vicious creatures. And all the voting and all the rationalizing and all of the kundalini classes and all of the internal deceptions and Buddhist and Asian fucking philosophical bullshit, all of the lies you tell yourself, okay, reading fancy fuzzy books to your kids at night talking about some fucking world that never existed where lions and tigers and bears and cheetahs and gazelles had breakfast together, that's bullshit. That's why we end up with things like the hydrogen bomb. You know, maybe the orca, maybe what makes it different from us is it isn't so fucking delusional. Like maybe that's, yeah, 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 they don't have arms and legs, they can't build technology. So let's table that for now. But maybe one of the other big differences is they're not so fucking delusional. Like the delusional shit that we humans get trapped in, that's a special kind of fucking bullshit. 
I don't believe an orca has any deluded thoughts about what it thinks it is. It knows it's an orca. It knows that it eats meat. It knows it kills things to survive. Get fucking real. But there are so many humans I run into on a daily basis who love to pretend that if we all ate tofu, if we all ate tofu and kale, um, we would save the earth. And I can promise you, because it's simply a matter of physics, if we converted all of our diet to rice and tofu and kale, we would simply kill the earth a little slower. A little, because probably in mathematical terms, we would ramp up in some other way. It's just what we do. We are so fucking delusional. You remember that sci-fi movie from the 50s? The Blob? Talk about projection. Talk about Cold War, McCarthyite, fear-based, oh my god, the Russians are going to kill us, projection. The blob was us, dude, people, humans. We were the blob. We have been the blob for at least half a century, I think certainly since World War II. We are the blob. We go someplace and we completely destroy it and then we build a simulated version of some dystopic America in its place and that usually goes to dust within 10 years after the oil is gone. And then we don't give a fuck what happens. Just like the fucking nuclear waste in the Marshall Islands. Who the fuck knows how that happened? So sorry. So sorry about poisoning your environment and your families and children. We're just pirate ship America, folks. We're gonna learn to eat kale and tofu so shit like that never happens again. We'll, we'll elect Tulsi Gabbard. She's, she's some kind of fucking Hindu, right? She's a Hindu surfer. She won't hurt Mother Nature. Stop being fooled, people. But the first step to not being fooled is to not fool yourself. The first step to not being made fun of in that sense, to being mocked or turned into a fucking clown. The first step to not being the victim is to not victimize yourself. Okay, stop it. Stop accepting the fact that you have to be a slave. You don't have to be. And stop pretending that you're an herbivore, that you're a Gentile furry creature, that if only we all ate vegetables, the world would be a better place. I hate to break it to you, but that kind of delusional thinking is probably why we'll be dead soon. Until we get real about who and what we are, we will never become better. We will never, ever figure out how to make this world a better place. Until we are honest about those things, we will continue down the road of poison. And I just don't mean the poison that kills the body. I mean the poison that kills the mind. So for all of you on the Sunday night, after 7 p.m., If on election day in 2020 you see Dr. Freckles handing out little gifties and you say to yourself, you know, I don't really care if it's Trump or fucking Tulsi Gabbard or whoever the communist is this year or the libertarian, but I sure as shit want to know what Mad Max Marvin's going to do. 
to little Larry lightning beam. And I can't see that if I'm here. I need to go to the fucking arena to find some truth. 